0: I'm wrestling, not weak for me. Celebrate what I am. Celebrate what I have been. Celebrate what I represent. And celebrate the many ways I have impacted your life. I will survive this test as I have survived others. I am forever etched into the very fiber of all mankind. The world needs me. Time is on my side. History guarantees me. I am wrestling. Do not wait for me.
1: Buddy, this is episode number 40 of the t Rowan and Funky Show. I'm here as always with my main man, Tommy Rowlands. And you guys loved last week's show. Tommy, I know the numbers were great. And you got some great feedback about the top 10 college uh, wrestlers ever, correct?
0: Absolutely, got plenty of text messages and reminders and uh, <laughs> they, FYIs they, that they people like what we're doing. Sucked. They uh, said, you know, yeah, I got I got plenty of recommendations. If I ever did the list again, that's that's for sure. I'm sure you did yeah. too. Yeah, you know, the funniest part about
1: it to me is is that, like I said, you know, you got the first handful that are that I think are for sure's right, mm-hmm. but then after that, you got this list, and you're like, good god, every <clears throat> one of these guys is amazing. How how do I You know how do I make five these eighteen people into five? And so it's like, well, you missed this guy and you missed that guy, and it's like, yeah, obviously he's amazing, but what do you what do you take Pat Smith off the list? You take Logan Steber off the list? Like,
0: yeah, it's like I would say other than other than Kale Sanderson, um, where a certain person went could have been debated. debated. I mean, Gable, Yataki, Hodge, Dake, uh, Smith. Steber, those guys, you could put them anywhere between two and 10, and I wouldn't call you a moron.
1: Yeah, and even like. You know what I mean? I mean, even when you go past that top 10, uh, you know, some of those names I list in my honorable mention, it's like, good God, they're, you know, Carlton Hasselrig, Grace Simons. I mean, there's just so many high level guys that are hard to. Uh, yeah, it's hard to fit well, a in. The you only got well, 10 spots.
0: The other thing that's difficult, and I thought a lot about this, why was it so much harder to. Do college international because I and I think one of the things that we didn't talk about is the timeline, the time frame in which you can either be successful or not is very finite. So, your window, yeah, to, to establish dominance and be successful Correct. is finite. Therefore, you can't break through barriers and be a clear cut, um, unless you go undefeated and win four titles, right? So, exactly. in international style, there was no end you could have gone forever so people did go for a long time so the the variance between one person's success and another's can be measured on the longevity of their success the amount of times they sustained excellence at that level but in college sports it's a finite time frame besides sanderson in my opinion you can take 25 guys and just throw a deck of cards in the air and you can argue who's the second best
1: uh, you said that pretty well. I don't know if I, if I could say it better if I tried, Tommy. That was impressive. <laughs>
0: All so, right. Well, there you go. That's yeah. what I'm here for, Ben.
1: That's exactly. Sometimes you just hit the nail on the coffin. And there it goes. <laughs> um, hey, so we got, we got Travel DeLegnick coming on, who I know is a friend of yours. That that should
0: Who's be.
1: A, he? Uh, he didn't make our college top 10. <laughs> <laughs> Must be a jabroni.
0: <laughs> he would have been my D2 top 10.
1: I, I couldn't. I couldn't tell you the D two guys. Joey Davis. He went on a fear. There you go. <laughs>
0: um,
1: well, hey, I, I want to talk about. Well, we want to talk about junior junior world. Um, but let's get right into this. Uh, this doping. There's been three. I mean, just I, essentially what I would say. Legends of the sport. Who got who got nailed in the last week? Tommy. Slobber. We got. Archer who you wrestled, and I believe Turell's wrestled, wrestled multiple times, so maybe we'll ask him his opinion of that. Uh, Besik Kudukov, who is uh, unfortunately deceased at this time, and then Asgarov, who has been in, now in two Olympic finals and he's still pretty young. Um, they all got popped. What do you think?
0: I think we have a culture of performance-enhancing drug use in Eastern European countries. I mean, you got Russia, Uzbekistan, and... Asgarov is Azerbaijan, right? Yeah, and you know, so, I
1: don't know all their origins, but remember, uh, you know, that list that. Um, uh, who was that guy that put it out? He, he put that list out, right? Of there's, I think, there's guys from 13 different countries training um, in Ossetia or uh, whatever it is. Right? Yeah, and
0: I don't want to say Eastern Europe because that's including Turkey and countries that haven't. They probably use. Russian countries, <laughs> though, is, are, the, are the ones that are getting popped. And you have to look at the context of this, too. I mean, just the last in the last two Olympics, the ones not counting 2016 because those tests, you know, haven't been uh, vetted yet. But, yeah. you know, in 2008 and 12, all the medalists, that's, I think, seven, what is that, 56 medals. How many of those guys were Russian countries? I mean, what percentage yeah. of the Russian medalists have been popped? I mean, there's three of them that got popped. How many medalists were there out of the 56, let's call it, 25 maybe or 30 yeah these are 10 percent of the guys that are getting popped 10 8 and 10 years eight you know four and eight years after the fact you know i think that that would speak to the to a culture of use of performance enhancing sure. drugs.
1: and um and i do know that um they're they're saying there's more to come i don't know if you read the releases but i think yeah. they said there's more to come so uh, it'll be interesting to see uh, what, what comes out here because, I mean, Coleman Scott might get a dang gold medal out of the whole deal. Cause the broad, so for those who are following, the, the gold and silver at 60 kilo both pop. So now we got two bronze medals. we got Coleman and the guy from India. Um, it, it, it's kind of looking like he might get that. Uh,
0: yeah, and you- I've been hearing that they're going to base it on classification points. I think it's unfair to do anything other than give the both of them a gold medal. What do you think?
1: I mean, yeah, I think that that's uh, that's an explanation that's going to make everybody happy, I believe. I mean, I, I, you're right. How does anyone get upset about that? So I, I think that's the one you got to go with because it's not right. like you can go back and wrestle them off. All right, mm-hmm. we got Travell calling in. Let's just We'll, we'll start him off on, uh, all right, Tommy, and so th- this is the man right here. we got Travell on the line. Travell, what's going on?
2: Nothing much, guys. Challenge road trip
0: and cross country right now. Yeah, so, I got I got a preface, Ben. Travell shared with me. We were texting earlier today, and he told me that he's definitely in on the time that we want to do the show, but he's got two little dudes in the back seat, and if they go if they go off, we're going to have to deal with it. I told him that adds a little bit of color commentary to the yeah. show. We kind of like it that way.
1: And, and Travel, don't feel bad by any means because my kids and Tommy's kids have both made plenty of noise during the show in the previous 39 <laughs> episodes. <laughs>
0: That's yeah. exactly right.
1: Uh, so where where are you exactly?
2: Uh, we actually just stopped in Champaign, Illinois, on the way to Columbus from Omaha, Nebraska.
1: Okay, okay. You going to see Mark Perry? Say what's up.
2: Uh, no, no, I'm no, not. No, 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 no. I'll tell him hi for you if I see him.
0: <laughs> you should probably go a couple live goes with Imar.
2: There you go. Yeah, yeah, we'll see. We'll see if I can get my fancy. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, hey so we were talking earlier in the show about uh, all these drug tests that just came up uh, a guy you're familiar with Artur Tamizov just uh, he just got popped uh, do you think there's any shadow of a doubt that he was using for more than just one Olympics uh, I
2: mean it doesn't seem that way I mean if if, if the rumors are true and Asgara was using PEDs, that dude's like a string bean so you can, I mean <laughs> You've pictures of 10 miles. I was like, come on. That's, that's <laughs> so, no, in mean, answer to say it's hard to believe, definitely. If, if he was using it in 2008, I'm, I don't know if he got four years older, stopped using, and then won it again in London. So, I don't know. <laughs> that seems It's hard
1: that's very hard to believe. Very, very, and if he, so, listen. If, if our listening audience does not know who Archer Izov is, just Google the name and, and then click images, and uh, <laughs> you know he does not pass the eye test at all.
0: And Terval, you have a you 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 um you obviously wrestled him in the Olympic semifinals in London, but I think you'd wrestled him um, in another world. Ch- right, what is your record against him? One in one or one in two? One in two. First time he beat me in. Uh,
2: Ukraine tournament, that I beat him at
1: the quarterfinals, 2011, the Worlds, and he beat me in the Olympics. Wow. Wow. Um, hey, so I want to, while we get into your segment, um, you know, one of the things I noticed, uh, someone tweeted this after you wrestled in the Olympics, that you did not compete in one international tournament your entire career and not compete for a medal. And I just thought, holy crap, that that is. Completely impressive because the longevity. I mean, this is over the course of what eight, almost two uh, two Olympic cycles, uh, and every single tournament you wrestled internationally, you competed for medal. Is, is that is that statistic true? And uh, you know what what leads to that consistent type of performance that you always have?
2: Um, that statistic is not true. Oh, don't um, break my heart. I know, I know. Actually, there's one tournament, my first senior tournament. It was in Hassa Berk. Mahachkala. Um, in 2000 fall of 2008 i was just i just got off of college uh ken jackson it was his last tour he took a bunch of guys and i went oh and one but then that tournament turned into a dual tournament so it's no longer an individual tournament so that's probably why it's not recorded on the database
1: Ah, uh, that makes sense that makes sense tom you got a question for travel
0: No, I just wanted to speak. I mean, it's quite a run, Terrell. Obviously, you and I are personal friends, so it seems a little bit weird to be asking you questions that (laughs) (laughs) we talk all the time. But, I mean, obviously, I think it's good for for our our listeners. It's great to have you on the show. I mean, you had a a tremendous career. I don't think it's officially over, but I think you're at least out for a year or two. If you just wanted to speak to um, your Olympic experience this year, we're kind of give you the floor here on a three or three to five minute monologue speak to your Olympic experience this year which i think will include a lot of trials and tribulations and just kind of share with us you know what you went through this year and what you got out of it and and how it's maybe going to impact your coaching career going forward and what have you
2: yeah um yeah I mean the last two years have been tough uh, I feel like i I learned a lot of, about wrestling about the sport about getting more out of myself um, just about kind of my, motivating myself um, in the latter latter portion of my career and it kind of stinks that, you know, I got hurt so I couldn't really like test a lot of my injuries out on myself. Um, but, yeah, it's been, you know, it's been back pain and all that stuff. It kind of stuff it's not, you know, it's a different, that's a different trial than just performance anxiety. You know, when try to Try to deal with your fears and your doubts in one end, but then it's like you had an injury that says to snap you. And, um, it was just tough because I kind of pour everything I had into training and, uh, come home and feel like a deadbeat husband and dad, you know, just lay around the couch until the next workout. So, um, <laughs> so my, my wife did a great job. She was super supportive of me and, um, kind of just got what I could. Obviously, I was able to make the team. Then stuff got a little worse. So I, I couldn't really work out much at all. Did a lot of like, I mean, boring aerobic workouts, um, therapy, the rested when I could. Uh, Cervel, nice, what what
0: what is? Are you allowed? To, what is the? What was the official diagnosis? I mean, I know you had surgery around this time last year, but what 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 is it actually with your back that that the problems were like well, medically speaking?
2: That's the problem. Was I couldn't initially i started getting pain down my legs and the doctors were like oh it has to be discs so they took an mri and they're like well yeah you we got a little bit here it looks old but we'll start you know like they told me all this stuff that's good for spines so i was doing like inversion table and a lot of chiropractic and it wasn't getting any better and then it blew out um so then i had get surgery so then i took eight weeks off it got better um Started doing the same stuff because I'm like, "We'll keep my spine healthy, keep my spine healthy," all the way up to the tr- about two weeks before the trials, it, it just got pretty bad to where I was like, "What's going on?" Um, so finally, about it was at the World Cup camp, I went to this osteopath in Colorado Springs, and she told me, "It's not your disc, it's your ligaments. So she she tested all my ligaments, and I had a couple, I had I had a bunch of tears in my. Lower back ligaments, SI joints, all that stuff. And it's actually the opposite of what I was doing. Um, It's uh, it's way too loose. So all that stretching, I was kept hurting myself, kept hurting myself. Then
0: misdiagnosed.
2: So at the World Cup camp, it got to a head where it was like, it was super bad again. I got some shots for my ligaments. And it actually started to help, but it was kind of one of those a little too late because I had to start wrestling in four weeks again, and then at that point, it was just survive. So um, honestly, it's like, uh, it's frustrating because it's like, I could have avoided a lot of this with a better diagnosis, but that's, it is what it is. But my Olympic experience was relatively stressful. I mean, the day I left, my back kind of locked up on me. So when I got there, I was, the first week was just filled with internal turmoil of me going, am I even gonna wrestle? I can't even bend over time I shoot every time I do something else happens so I just walked on the treadmill for about 3 weeks and then so week one was kind of like me being very bitter week two was me being very worried and week three I was mentally broke and I just was like I'm just going to walk out there and if, if he dies he dies kind of thing. <laughs>
0: Jeez. Um,
1: and so from a uh, from a spectator view I you know I did not know anything was wrong with you. Um, and it really, you wrestled those first two matches like nothing was wrong with you when it was in the case, but in the semifinals you could tell, but in the in the opening match you had the the defending world runner up, and you're down 5-0, and you come back, I believe it was three takedowns in a row, or maybe there was a turn in there, um, I mean, was that just, like, like you said, was it just a do or die, if he dies, he dies situation, you're just going to get it, because, I mean, that was impressive, I was jacked up, I was... I was sitting there eating breakfast, yelling and screaming, and uh, <laughs> you know, you got me pumped up there. So, what what was it like going through that match?
2: Um, it was good. I mean, that match was uh, the most. feasible. like he's not a hard hand fighter, um, and and I, I got to low singles, so those aren't very you know heavy on my back. Yeah. So when I got to low singles, I yeah you know, I hit it was, it was a turn. So I went low single the waist, and then I went low single other side. So, sure. So. Um, just the positions, like I couldn't really sprawl very hard because when I sprawl, like it, it kind of hurts my back. So, so that's when he got to my legs, it was, it was actually kind of like, I just kind of gave up the takedown relatively easily. But what it did do was it didn't make me tired at all. Like I was still breathing out my nose. So I had a lot of energy to take, but it didn't really test my back super bad. Um, I still couldn't get to my, you know, explosive shots, but it wasn't fine. Um, I, do, I do remember after I finished that last low single, my first reaction was, got him. And then I remember my second, this, this is how mentally broke I was. My second reaction was, damn it, I got to wrestle more matches. Oh so, my gosh. So so yeah. at that point, and then when I wrestled Poland, I did finish, I had to go up and through them, and about halfway through the match. And then that's when it was just like, Okay, this is getting bad, and they started faking and moving, and I just, I just every
0: time I have to flex my core, it was like, okay, okay. Travel, what was, so. what was, what like out of the, when I think of low back issues because I've had them, not at the level that you've had, and even if I did, I didn't have to, you know, wrestle in the Olympic Games while having those problems. But when I think of problems with a low back for an upper weight, would be to your point, getting up and through a guy, and when you're underneath in a tough shot, um, then pull continuously just the the continuous pulling on the head and then to your point sprawling i mean what positions were the most like what positions made you cringe the most when you had to think about getting in them to win matches
2: um front headlock and and that sucks for shooting heavyweight um like you know but Mm um front headlock headlock position like like, front headlock defense front headlock defense yeah sorry so when I was under that if a guy was like bouncing because you know how you have to defend it for a second you have to take your hands off your, off the ground, yep. grab his hands, and then so all the weight is kind of in that fulcrum to ride on your low back as he bounces you once or twice before you get his hand control. And that position actually like like I would like I would watch it in other matches and go, Oh, that
0: sucks Like like just like seeing that position like <laughs> would kinda like kinda like freak me out. Oh my gosh! Dang. So, so what? So, we'll get on to some other stuff here. Because Wait, I've been... I
1: gotta ask him one more thing about the back injury. Uh, I, I fly international quite a bit. Was the international flight? And you're a big guy. International flight with a bad little back. I mean, you probably couldn't even stand up when you got off the plane, right? Well,
2: here's so here's the clutch. here's, here's the clutch. My Art Martori came through with a business class seat. Ah, so uh, flat. So that uh, was uh, some kids. That's
0: Martori awesome. So go. that helped out a lot then. A, a lot. I mean, I would have been uh, I mean, it would have been bad if
2: I got
0: out the of touch. So, Trevor, one last question on the Olympics just to kind of get it out there. When so did 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 your back as the as the day went on or as the really it's the matches went on cuz it was over a 4-hour span. Did it did it did your back progressively get worse or did the competition just get a little bit stiffer or like like you know, did did your did your abilities deteriorate, or is it just a, that mental grind that got to you a little bit? You know, trying to overcome all the, all those things that you're dealing with.
2: Um, it was a mixture because uh, I think if I would have, by the time I got to the court, in the middle of the polling match, like in between, I had about 12 minutes before the semis, and I just it, it was it was locked up. So against Kishami, I, right. I, I I couldn't even I couldn't even be in my stance. So like I took that shot just to see. And it was like okay, I can't do anything, and they locked up a low gut right on my hips, so that hurt too. Oh, but, man. but um, so in that match, it was I was physically incapable of wrestling against Pinterest Beery. So I took like four hour break or whatever, and then it was kind of like locked up, but it didn't. It wasn't like too bad, but I think if I was on the, in the other bronze medal match against one of those guys, that like the guys that it was like if I could get one takedown, I could win. Yeah, kind of match. I might have tried to push it, um, but I was just so afraid of another back surgery that, like, I'd get my stance and it would kind of take my breath away. And I knew pitcher, pitchers Dooley is a guy that at 100% is not going to be easy to beat, and he's right. not a and he's not a one takedown win kind of guy. He's a shooter, so it was just like overwhelming odds plus fear of further injury plus like the hopelessness of a year and a half of dealing with this kind of mixed into one formula
0: <laughs> plus and I just, plus plus like, just go well hey we, we don't need to end on a somber note i mean is it, it, let's assume you know let's assume your career is over even though you, you know you, you you probably are holding out a little bit of possibility there but you, you wrestled for six bronze medals every world championship event you were in you wrestled for the bronze um, it's been a great career to this point um, if if you were to say Trevor i mean and I know you don't like to talk too much about yourself but and you can answer this however you like but if you had to if your career is over right now what are what are you most proud of?
2: Um I mean I mean I always have to load a question
0: that's, uh, it's hard to like pinpoint but let's let's, let's just, stay let's stay wrestling specific too because yeah. you could you could go that's a very layered question but let's stay wrestling specific what are you what are you most proud of?
2: Um I think I'm most proud of in I think i have I have a very good handle. I wasn't able to produce the kind of wrestling that I that I thought I could by the end of my career, but um, I'm very proud of how much I understand the sport. I, I feel like my understanding of the sport has become, um, you know, on a level of like my my goal was always mastery of the sport. So obviously, with that comes medals and and winning and. And, you know, obviously we always think of like the masters of the sport or the Olympic champs and the world champs, but I don't know. I, I, uh, I think that my understanding of the sport and, um, just mentally, physically, technically, uh, in a very finite level is, um, is, is, you know, very high and I'm very proud of, of that.
1: Well, that, that makes, uh, I guess a perfect transition into, what our next topic should be, and I think our next topic, should would be, I think you were, you were named head of the Ohio RTC. Um, Lou just took the job at Oklahoma. And, uh, you know, o- Ohio RTC has been the, the most dominant RTC in the past quad. Maybe, maybe the past two quads, I can't say. But I know for sure in the past quad the most dominant. Two um,
0: quads, Ben. I do know. So
1: it's, <laughs> okay. it's
0: two quads. Okay,
1: okay, I got it. The last two quads <laughs> has been the most dominant. Um, you know, so when you talk about that mastery of the sport, knowledge, uh, you know, are you looking forward to that coaching piece or, or what?
2: Yeah, very much so. I have um, I have a lot of what I believe to be unique um, ideas in uh training methodologies and and things like that that I want to really try. I mean, I, I do a lot of testing on myself, but I feel like I'm I'm excited to to set up the 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 training for these guys and, and just kind of also like give them a little piece of you know you know the the, the mentality the, the emotional side the you know all the, all the parameters that I think are important that are hard to measure um, I'm I've come up with a couple ways to kind of generate feedback on those per athlete I'm excited to like te- kind of test my my coaching philosophy that I've kind of come up with in real life because I right know it's obviously only theory sure but, I have a lot of stuff that, you know, I've been around a lot of great coaches and some of the stuff that I think are very, that is very important in development was never talked to me. Um, and it's never talked about really, uh, with a lot of people in, in their coaching style. So I think some
0: of the things I'm going to bring to the table are unique. I don't know if someone else can you, can you touch on it, it? I mean, I mean, I know it's, it's a loaded question, but. Yeah. You know what? What what approach? You know, and I and I I got I half know the answer to this because you and I talk a lot. But what approach are you going to apply in, a, in an overarching way that maybe is slightly abnormal in our wrestling culture right now?
2: Um. Well, the biggest the biggest uh, I, I've come up with kind of a little a little way to to analyze a couple qualities that I think are hard to measure, and the first one being um, honesty, and I think that. One thing that's sold as weakness in sport is uh, being honest with yourself and then with others about, you know, fears, doubts, motivation. And, um, I've come up with like kind of this little, I don't even know what to call it. It's it's kind of like a questionnaire, but it's more interactive, um, to kind of, kind of measure, measure, uh, the guy's delusional or honesty, you know, state of (laughs) delusion or state of honesty. And, um, Basically through that, I'm going for I, – I think that it's more effective to train an athlete to don't convince him he's the best, convince him to not be scared of losing, and then he'll get more out of them. So like if you just constantly keep telling a guy, hey, everything's awesome, you're the best, you work the hardest, you deserve this, you deserve this, you, you give him in a state of, of kind of entitlement instead of saying, um, you know – these are the factors. You're going to be nervous. You're going to be scared. You're going to doubt yourself. The guy is going to look big in a singlet. He's, you know, he, he might maul his first match. I mean, he might've beat you three times, but you know, all that stuff, if you can get yourself to the point where you're not scared of that stuff and it excites you and it challenges you, um, then you're in a good place. So I have a couple things. I have a, I have a methodology of getting people to that place. I think, um, I have, I'm actually writing a book about it. So, uh, Wow. Um, I'm doing that with uh, with honesty, effort, um, technical proficiency, and motivation. So those are my four factors that I'm kind of trying to charge. Can you say that
1: one more time?
2: Um, honesty, effort, technical proficiency. So kind of like learning, sure, tech, sure. like the
0: ability to learn technique and,
2: uh, uh, oh, 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 and uh,
1: motivation.
0: Nice. Awesome. So, Terval, I got it, and I'm just gonna. I'm not, it's not really devil's advocate. It's just real talk here. I mean, you're you're also, you, you know, you're gonna run the RTC. You're gonna probably be the, the point man on a lot of the freestyle training. But you're also the second assistant at Ohio State for the college guys. So, you're co- you're covering a broad spectrum of athletes, ranging from you know 18 years old to to 28. I know what I'm doing. You know, professional trying to you know make the Olympic team, win the Olympic type guys. Um, this 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 approach you know there's there's not a single part of it that i disagree with other than when you apply the approach to to various students or subjects so to speak you're going to get different responses i mean how are you ready for that challenge i mean when you got this 18 year old kid that you know uh is dealing with a whole set of different social and emotional challenges that a 27 year old grown man is with two kids i mean how do you how do you feel like you know that's going to I guess. What do you think of all of that? More than anything, yeah. I mean,
2: I, I think so. Here's here's the theory. I think my theory is foolproof. I've had enough conversations with enough people to come at me from different angles that I think my foundation, my theory, is foolproof in getting maximum potential from an individual. Now, the verbal cues that you use for each person might be different, but I think. The purest form of motivation in any athlete at any one moment is love what you do in the second you're doing it. So there's no, there's no, this is pride money. There's no, your parents will love you more. There's no, um, you know, American flag. There's no, there's nothing you can say to a person to get them more motivated for an instance in life than I love what I'm doing in the second that I'm doing it. So Wow. That being said, it's almost, it's almost like an elimination diet. So I'm not, I want to be a pressure reliever. I don't want to add to these guys. I want to take off things that are holding them back. And I think that any level of athlete that has felt pressure can be excited about that. So if you, if you ask any athlete from, from 17 or from 14 to, to 32 that's at an elite level and you, t- and you ask them, would you rather compete with less stress and more freedom, the answer will always be yes. And I think I have a general roadmap to get people there. I have uh, a lot of things that I, a lot of verbiage that I use in my test subjects. Um, obviously Kyle Snyder is very special in a lot of ways and he would have done a lot of stuff, but that's my number one test subject. And him and, and Bo Jordan kind of, we just kind of have, we think very similarly and we collab, I've kind of, and all the stuff that I've been coming up with, I kind of like, you know, they've been my guinea pigs. Like, I, when Kyle Kendall had a he was super, um, OTD about a lot of stuff. Like, he'd be that guy that's like, hey, if you eat this tomato with, with like, what, like two, like ten spoonfuls of ranch on it, you'll be a national champ. And then you'll have to eat it. Like, that kind of so <laughs> uh... So, he was, he was that guy. So, I would like, create challenges. Like, I'd give a cold, to him and I'd say, Kyle, if you get out before me, you're not gonna you're not gonna win the nationals. Or, or but, you know, and I, I create these challenges to, to basically, and then we have the talk like, do you really think that's a thing? Like, you're really gonna, you know? And I would create these challenges that he couldn't win. But then I but then, to show him that it's like none of this is based on your performance. You're, you're creating games to try to control something you don't have control over. Like, worry about the process, worry about development. Stop trying to stop trying to guarantee winning. And um, he, he really took to the philosophy, and he's created a mindset uh, about the wrestling. And um, I'm not saying he's he never fears, and that's the point. It never goes away, but he knows how to fight it, and he knows how to fight for correct thoughts. So, I'm thought, and same thing with both. I think that they've come a long way. And not only I'm not only selling um, performance because I can't ever promise someone winning. Talent exists, so let's not kid ourselves. But what I'm promising <laughs> is your, your performance will definitely. I believe go up if you're more free to perform, but what I'm also selling is enjoyment of quality of life because if the only time you can smile is when you win a gold medal, then you're going to have a miserable existence, So, but if you can smile every time you get a chance to wrestle and develop, then you get to smile every day. So not only is it, I think we'll get people to next level performance, but I think They'll really start to love this stuff because there is something addictive about wrestling that you can really love to master.
1: For sure. So, hey, let me ask you one question. I, I think we'll be done soon. I don't want to take too much of your time. I got one question after that, no, but it's not no, a deep one. So you're done. Okay. You're done. <laughs> okay. Uh, I guess, uh, and maybe you can't give us this, but we just, you just talked about, you know, one of your main pupils, who's going to be Kyle Snyder. But obviously, with yourself retiring, uh, Reese Humphrey is done, from my understanding. The OTC, the Ohio RTC is going to need to replenish its its stock. Um, who do you guys got coming in?
2: Um. Well, we have we, we have some guys we're, we're targeting for years to come. No one right now. I mean, obviously, everyone's kind of locked into where they are for this year. But we have some we have some some high caliber guys, and we have some high hopes for them. But I mean, at this point, it's it's just the landscape is different because when the RTC started, when the Ohio RTC first started, it was like You know, well, obviously I'm a D2 guy. Sean Bunch was an Edinburgh guy. Keith Gavin won from Pitt. Yeah, I mean, small schools just aren't winning anymore, and everyone that's winning has an RTC to stay at. So getting guys has become more difficult because none of there's no school that's winning without an RTC. So people just kind of stay where they're at. So, but we can have some guys that have shown some interest, and obviously with Kyle there and with the history we have, there's an allure. But it, sometimes it's hard to fight against loyalty. You know, when you're the man on campus, it's hard to leave. So uh, we got to kind of fight against that. Definitely, definitely. Plus,
0: well, so you got the or, we got some organic. We, as you say, we because I'm being biased here. We have some organic um, developments in Kyle Snyder, Logan Steber, and then Nate Tomasello. I mean, those are three very prominent, you know, international wrestling prospects or you know, Olympic champions that are. Right in there, but I think that's going to be a challenge. To your point, Travell, I've never looked at it that way, Tom, but it's yeah, absolutely. I
1: like that you just called Kyle Snyder a prospect. I really enjoyed
0: that. <laughs> <laughs> well, the other two are prospects. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess I did. Yeah, like we'll, we'll see how it turns out. You know. Yeah, <laughs> I think Anything he's going to get it done. I think he's going to get it done. I really do. Um, <laughs> hey, Trevel, or I'm sorry, yeah, travel One last question, and thanks a lot for coming on. But just to have a little fun here, I know you you listen to our podcast every now and again. Um, What do you think of our top ten international top ten college list? You know, just kind of since you're such a wrestling you know guru like us or junkie like us, just let's just let's just spitball here. What do you think of our lists? Um,
2: I'm not gonna lie, you guys, I haven't listened to the NCAA ones yet because uh, I've been in Mexico. Come on, my bad. (laughs) Um, but I feel like you. I mean, the the international ones were interesting. I thought I, I. Tommy, I agree with your list a little more. What? I think I think I think, <laughs> ben, I think ben got a little wild.
1: What uh, do you mean? Oh we're talking about we're talking about the international one, right? International. international. You're just mad I put Baumgartner at four, like Tommy
2: is. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. That's not. But your but your the reasoning you put Kemp up there was was faulty because um, you said he won three. He won three in a row minus the Olympics, but he actually went gold, gold, Olympics, bronze, gold. And so uh, you can't say he would have won that Olympics.
1: Semantics.
2: <laughs> um, oh yeah, sure, sure. But um, and and then Kyle Baker—that's a tough one for me because it's like that's, yeah, that's I mean, I Kyle you. Kyle Snyder. Kyle Snyder is in college, and he's done all right. Well, this this was
1: before the Olympics, so yeah, Kyle the Snyder, is the world, still, team, the world he, champion. But he—I mean, now he's got two. That he could—I'd <laughs> probably, I'd probably put him on the list right now.
2: Yeah, but even the Terry Brands thing, I mean, it's, it's hard to think, cause, and again, but I think I'm with Tommy where maybe even like the college, I would put, I'd be scaling it kind of toward that 10, 15% instead of your know, 40%. So I, uh, but I thought, I mean, it's, it's hard to argue with the top five guys, you know, everyone's kind of, I do, I do think you guys kind of, the, the one thing, Ben, that, that I, that I would argue with you about is, you, you are giving people future 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 accolades like only like one popcorn. only Burroughs. that's it. Well, and, and and Dake, you're talking about how he's just no, he's gonna said, do things.
1: I said
0: he could <laughs> have done
1: things if
0: Ben was Ben was, was trying was to boost like... ratings. I think or something with that Dake comment. He just wanted to get people to <laughs> yeah. get some Listen, chatter.
1: Turvel, I just think it's bull crap that. <laughs> There used to be 10 weights, and now there's only six. Like, you know where I was thinking of it today? I was ju- I was literally just... I almost got so mad today that I said, Tommy, we need a freaking... Someone with a $100 million to start our, our own international wrestling organization who will trump the UWW and then get the Olympic bid, right? Because Spencer Lee and Dayton Fix are so freaking good for their age, but I think it is so unlikely that either of them will grow past 125 pounds, you know, that... Past that weight class internationally, we're never going to have them both on the team together, and that like that really bothered me.
0: It like, is a snapper when you when I look at twenty one and ter- thirty two
1: or some something in there, you know, like they're always has. And been. I know
0: I agree, and I know Tervel can't comment on individuals anymore because he's an assistant coach, at collegiate level, but it just bothers me because I do see Fix in Lee, and when you look at the height of Fix and then just the overall size of Lee. It ain't happening. If there's if there's if, if, if there's a one if there's a one twenty five pound weight class and one hundred forty three or whatever it is, I mean neither one of those guys are gonna be wrestling the ideal weight at the Olympic trials or they're gonna be wrestling each other. Yeah, and so it's like well those two guys,
1: you know, and I'm projecting obviously, but say they continue to do what they're doing. I mean, they could be battling every single year where if there's a one twenty one or a one hundred nineteen like there used to be, and a one hundred thirty two or somewhere in there I mean, those two are both making teams if they keep doing what they're doing. For sure.
2: Well, for sure. But I would say, I mean, we're invested. You know, obviously we're America and those are our guys. So we're invested and we have probably relationships with them and people around them and we watch them. But, I mean, I'll tell you what, the Russians have the same problem. You know how, I mean, some of those weights, it's like, I'm sure they're like, dude, our number three guy can medal. I mean, you guys were the ones talking about the stats of the Olympics, which, like, I mean, yeah. both the bronze medalists at 97 kilos became citizens of Romania and Uzbekistan this year. They were both 84 kilo Russians. Sure. Uh, I know that, The other bronze me, medalist uh, in my weight was a Russian. I mean, it, it's everywhere.
0: Sure, but if our how guys. Sick, if how our, sick would it be if Dayton Fix, you know, if he didn't make the American team and he can just go wrestle for the Republic of Florida in the Olympics? I mean, how yeah. awesome would that be? But,
2: <laughs> that's be what we fun. need to do. We just need to chop up the United States. In the Republic.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean. And then the, the other thing, obviously, you're a hist- uh, historian of the sports development. I mean, that, that guys weren't dealing with in the past is right now. Russians are wrestling for literally almost 20 countries. I mean, you have the USSR was one country that became 15, right? So there's 14 more countries, and then they're exporting them to all these other countries. So literally, back in the day you wrestling one freaking Russian, <laughs>
0: and, that,
2: and that's And it. granted, he's the best. He's, he's the, the best, best Russian. but it's still only one of them. Yep. Now, well, I'll tell you this. So here's here's a, here's a stat for you, for your stat book. So I, I've, I made 17. I made 17. I competed in six of them. I've had 28. I had 28 matches at the World Olympics. Um, okay, and out of those 28 matches, 21 of them have been against Soviet countries. I've had seven matches outside the wow. Soviet Union <laughs> in the world of the Olympics. Damn, that's crazy.
0: that's 75% of his matches were against Soviets.
1: I mean, to so take, yes, yeah, I, okay, I, I, I don't want to. We're gonna get back into our international episode where I'm talking about the. The difference of now and 30 years ago, as far as successful rate of Americans goes, but uh, it's a lot different. So It's
2: it's the landscape's changed.
1: Way changed. (laughs) All right, Travelle, you got anything else for us? If not, that that was a lot of fun.
2: That was awesome. Oh, yeah. Thanks for having me on, guys. Love talking about fun. Love your show. Keep doing what you're doing.
1: I appreciate it, Travelle. Have a great night. Thanks, brother.
0: Bye-bye. All right. All right, Tommy. Pretty good, right?
1: That was fun. That was fun.
0: That was fun. We should have him back on. I mean, the thing about Travell is that that he's got a uh, the way that he you know talks about things. We could almost cover every any topic, and he'd be a nice guest to have on. Yeah,
1: he could, he could talk about it all, huh? He should um, probably have his own podcast, huh? There you go. Well, don't don't give him the idea because that <laughs> hurt, hurt our ratings.
0: Um, hey, by the way, speaking of our 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 podcast and our ratings, because we never plug our show in a professional way but Ben can you, you're better at this than me can you give our listeners some guidance on downloading yeah. to iTunes and stuff like that
1: yeah guys listen I, I know you guys love us so just go to iTunes subscribe to our podcast that way you get it automatically every single week you don't have to go find it on Flow you don't have to find anywhere else it'll just pop up on your phone plug it into your car listen to it that's what I do with all my podcasts so um guys find us on iTunes subscribe to us that way you don't have to wonder when we're coming out every week that's easy Awesome. Right? Um, so let's get, uh, actually let's cut there. So, um, Jake cut this. So put Trevelle as the last, um, as the last episode. And so Tommy, we're going to go back. Like we were talking, this is going to be like before we talk to Mm Trevelle and talk about the junior world championships. Okay. Okay. Actually, let me write down the time. That's at Like 35 minutes ish. 35 minutes. is a good guest, man. I thought that was good.
0: You know, it's, it's, it was a little bit deeper than our past. Let's call it.
1: He went deep, didn't he?
0: But you know it's kind of good because the, our past five episodes they were great, but they weren't deep, sure. and um, you know every now and again you got to throw a little psycho- psychological stuff in there. I think it was yeah. good, you know.
1: Yeah, I, I love it. I just I hope our audience also loves it. <laughs> right. You know what I'm saying?
0: Yeah, I got you.
1: Cool. All right, so I'll bring us into uh, shit. So how are we gonna segment that? Because um, well, I think about-
0: the downside is the way that you talk about Tervel coming on. Before he came on, it it almost was like we were starting the show off. Do
1: hmm. you follow? Well, we'll just tape this segment and then, you know, whatever Jake feels like he can do best, he does best. Okay. Cool. All right, cool. So, all right, Tommy. So I, I think
0: I, we should go through this not in an hour, though. I think we should go through this in, like, junior worlds. It'll be fun. We'll talk about, you know, I think we can do it in, like, 20, 25 minutes, don't you think?
1: Oh, I mean, so we're already at. Yeah, Four. we're already at 40 minutes. So, yeah, you know, it should better not take more than 20 minutes. Okay, got it. Okay. All right. Tommy, so as you know, uh, Junior World Championships were last week in France. I got a lot of thoughts about these, but thank you, Flo Wrestling. You guys actually covered this event live. Now, I wasn't up watching it live because it started at 3 a.m., but mm-hmm. th- I believe this is the first time that, that the Junior Worlds has been covered in live format, and um, we got a couple titles. I mean, how much of the wrestling did you get to watch, Tommy?
0: I watched all of um, Hall, Lee, and Fixes. Um, I, I watched probably seven or eight of their matches, and then I caught some highlights. I watched one of Valencia's Tech Falls. Uh, I, I caught a good amount. I mean, I didn't catch it all, but I caught enough to really, I guess, diagnose our performance on the freestyle side of things.
1: For sure. So... Um, I, I thought they looked good. You know, we had some weights where we, we weren't that great on the freestyle side of things, but uh, on an overall basis, I, I was very impressed. Um, Spencer Lee's awesome. Dayton Fix is awesome. Uh, Mark Hall's awesome. Valencia had a tough match. I don't necessarily agree in, with all the refing that happened in the match that he lost. Um, so, I mean, those four as the nucleus. You know, Panaleo. Couldn't defend the gut there. That was that was kind of disappointing to me. And then Gross had a really uh, a wild match that he lost. Uh, he was down ten two and he almost came back. He lost 11-10. It was a fun match. Um, but let's start out with Spencer Lee. He probably got pushed more than he's got pushed because uh, in a long time uh, he ran through everyone at Worlds last year. I, the final match was that was an awesome match. Uh, what did you think of that one?
0: Awesome match. I mean, the right guy won it was a tough match and i don't you know i think that if they were to wrestle again it would be uh, a wider spread i think the guy had some goofy stuff especially you know he just i think spencer felt a little bit better than he should have felt when he was in on shots and things like that and um i thought he did what champions do i was very impressed because that happens to everybody right i mean at some point you get in those goofy situations but thankfully i thought the right guy definitely won
1: yeah so i agree with you on uh on that, I do think, though, Tommy, in, in the very first period, this guy, and this guy tried it again later in the match, and he got points for it. He did this goofy little um, ads as Spencer was going behind. He kind of grabbed an arm and jumped over. And I thought it was a situation where it should have been called two and two, but they went two for, for Spencer Lee, and that was it. Um, and, you know, in the end, that's the difference in the matchup. Could Spencer Lee really have turned it up a little more? Yeah, he could have. And, and to your point, 100%. Um, he felt too comfortable in some of the situations, but that um, Metzger, that that I think he was a Kurdistan guy, uh, or Kurgi, that he hit in the first period, it was freaking beautiful.
0: <laughs> it was nasty, dude. It was.
1: He went into like I call it hurdler's position, so like where he goes into like a half splits type of deal. I mean, suspension. He's bear hugging. I mean, he go, he hits this Metzger and goes into like a half splits. Man, he put Spencer on his back hard. It ben, was I,
0: I'm gonna I'm gonna say something, and I don't want people to get the wrong idea. Sure. But I think you're gonna agree with me. Why and I feel like this is this does not exist with American wrestlers, but with foreign wrestlers, they can look like the goofiest dudes in the world from the neck up. Their physical uh. their, their physical traits aren't overly impressive they walk out there they got these loose singlets that don't even go all the way around their legs you know what i mean they're they're just goofy looking dudes and and they can go out there and just freaking lay the wood to somebody (laughs) or hit the most beautiful technique you know what i mean it just doesn't happen in america like if you hit a metzger and this is very surface-level, vain talk here. No, but
1: I think it's
2: true.
0: Dude, if you hit a Mexican like that in the U.S., if you're an American wrestler, you look probably look like a Greek god or something, right? Yeah. Well, this Kyrgyzstani dude looks like he <laughs> plays but, Mad, Madden NFL 2016 for a living. But,
1: Tommy, he wanted to be – okay, to, in all <laughs> fairness, he was a 110-pounder. <laughs> in all fairness. I'm
0: just saying, it's just bizarre to me. Don't you see that in other countries? Like, for some reason, the, these dudes look so goofy, and they go out and just lay the wood to somebody?
1: Yeah, you know, the guy I thought that about, actually, was Alec Penaleo the, the uh, Indian guy who gutted him out. I thought that guy was, like, a bum. I'm like, oh, <laughs> easy match here. And then, How does that you know, happen? I, honestly, I think with America, it probably has to do with our, our training systems. Um, you know, the college system's so regimented where everybody's lifting three or four times a week, and that right. guy, I, I would guess. You know, I don't know anything. But yeah, I, to your point, I, I, I see exactly what you're saying and I think it's correct.
0: <laughs> I've lost to a couple of those guys, you know, 10 years, <laughs> 10 years in the international scene. It's like, I got this guy. And then he goes out there and hits like a freaking Jap whiz for three on me. I'm like, who is this guy? Anyways, like I got – well, that, Flashback. That, is,
1: that never happened to me because I'm the guy who looks like that guy.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, you're not, man. You're not. You're not. <laughs> uh, I know you're not the most physically imposing character, but no, you're not like the, the, the clientele that I'm talking about.
1: That Worse than me? Okay. <laughs> fair, fair enough, Tommy. Um, okay. One, 121 or uh, what's it? 55 kilograms. Um Dayton Fix looked good, and that kitty beat, uh, the kitty beat was, was a senior level European silver medalist. So, I mean, not a joker by any sense of the imagination. Took a bronze medal, uh, lost a tough one, but man, he's good. He still, an a, he still got, him and Spencer both got another year of high school.
0: Yeah, they're both, they're both animals to the point we've, we've talked about, you know, it's interesting that you know him and Spencer might end up wrestling for world and Olympic teams for twelve years. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, and uh, you know it is it is too early for us to be projecting that for sure. But at the at the rate these guys are going, I would like to do a a best high schoolers ever era uh, episode, Tommy. And, and you know, I'd have to do some serious research because I'm not as educated on high school as I am as college or international. But these guys are, I mean, I, this group that's coming through right now is got to be about as good as any group that's ever came through. I mean, Kyle Snyder just came out of high school. He's still 20 years old, winning World and Olympic titles. But when he was in high school, he's one of the juniors. Um, yeah, Mark Hall, he's won World title titles. I think, now. yeah, Spencer I think Lee, I th- all these guys.
0: I think we are seeing a transformational, a drastic transformational change in what the 18 year old blue chip wrestler now looks like as opposed to 10 years ago. Definitely. I mean, and 10 years is not a long time over the lifespan of wrestling, right? So I mean, our blue chi- our blue, blue chippers, the four or five best recruits coming out of high school every year are are way better than they were 10, 12 years ago. Wouldn't you agree? Uh,
1: that, That's what it would appear. I mean, Tommy, we didn't have guys doing this when I was coming through. What these guys are... I, I mean, I still remember, Tommy, when... I want to say Donnie Pritzloff was in his second year of college and he won a junior world title and it was like, wow, that's awesome. But Spencer Lee and Mark Hall are doing it in freaking high school.
0: Exactly right. I mean,
1: you know what I'm saying? I think Stephen Abbas might have won one again when he was in college mm-hmm. and, you know, and he's one of our top ten ever in college and these guys are doing it in high school. So, yeah, I, th- I think like you said, it's we're seeing a shift. These kids are getting better earlier uh, part of you know it, who we're
0: missing from this junior world team because of injury and other things is Aaron Pico, probably the, arguably the best junior yeah. wrestler in America.
1: Yeah, because he still would have been eligible to – he would have been eligible at um, – oh my god, what am I trying to say here? At 145 pounds? So yeah. yeah. Uh,
0: you could argue that um, Hall, Lee, Pico, Fix, and Valencia, those five juniors are the best – five juniors we've ever had compared to any other crop of juniors in any other year, wouldn't you say?
1: You're talking about if we if we pick w- one 20 year, twenty and sorry, under junior yeah just who's our
0: best. Yeah. I mean
1: yeah you definitely could. But the and the sick thing about it is I would
0: actually say it's hands down. I want to say right? Mark hall has got
1: it? another year. I, Spencer Lee's definitely got another year. Fix has got another year. Um, so these guys aren't done yet.
0: Yeah I mean, Lindsay never, is probably done.
1: Is uh let me ask you this is, he could is Kyle Snyder still done. junior eligible or no? Who? Kyle Snyder.
0: He might have been this year, but he turns 21 in November.
1: Okay, so he's so. not. It's because it's if they turn it in the calendar year.
0: Yeah, so this year he would not have been a junior. Wow. He's getting old, man.
1: Yeah, but that's crazy, right? <laughs> I mean, are we talking crazy or crazy?
0: Crazy. I mean, it's. it's they're
1: so they're so. And when I. It's not it's only Tommy, their results. When I watch them wrestle, when I watch these kids wrestle, I'm thinking, holy crap, they're good. You know, Very you're right. Good. That's a,
0: that's a good point. That's a good point. When you watch them wrestle, it's just you can it's it is different. It's visibly different.
1: And I don't like giving out compliments easy.
0: <laughs> no, no. You, you actually like to just make rainy days for people.
1: Sometimes, you know, if it's if it's like I like to tell like it is, and lots of times it's not the way people want to hear it, but when I'm watching these kids, I mean, some of the things Dayton Fix was just doing and Mark Hall um Wow! I was just saying, wow! These kids are freaking nineteen. I was thinking, how did Mark Hall get beat at the damn trials? He should have freaking placed at the Olympic team trials.
0: Yeah, and he got he got freaking ramrodded by Andrew. How? I mean, it just goes to show that you know. And I'm not taking anything away from how good because I believe. I mean, everything yeah. we're saying, obviously, I believe it. But there's still another level out there. Yeah, you know. Course. And Spencer Lee, as good as he is, I mean, he just won the 110 pound world championships. You know. Yeah. So.
1: And that—that's crazy to think about, right? That there used to be se- that used to be a senior level weight class. Can you remember that?
0: Well, I mean, it probably should be Ben when you look. No, at the, stop. Well, I, I, hear me out. Okay. Asia.
1: That still – Tommy 110, 105 used to be an Olympic weight, one hundred and five pounds. Can you imagine yeah, but
0: those? Those Asians might need that weight class. You think I about don't it, I mean, know. just that's, Asian cultures. They so tiny. I mean, I've only been to Asia uh, once in India, and it's a smaller culture of people, wouldn't you say?
1: Oh, uh, 100%. Yeah, I've been there a whole bunch of times, and they're definitely smaller, but when we're, when we're talking 105-pound adult, <laughs> 105-pound uh, adult,
0: uh, 105 small,
1: that's a, that's a tiny human being. Right. Wow. Um, yeah. So, okay. So, let's get on. Uh, Seth Gross kind of mixed results there. He uh he kind of brought the heat but he was just just giving up too many points.
0: Now, would that have been Pico's weight?
1: That that's Pico's weight.
0: Gosh, just think in a in a perfect world if that would have been, you know, I mean if we had when, Pico. You
1: got to remember Pico was in the World Junior World Trials, I'm sorry, Junior World Finals 2 years ago, right?
0: He got second and then last well, year Well, do you know who he lost to? uh uh Yazdani Hacharidi or whatever that yeah, won the Olympics right the
1: Olympic champion I mean he lost to the freaking Olympic champion so um, and then he lost
0: last year in a heartbreaker didn't he uh he took and bron- got bronze. And I want to say
1: brought yeah he took bronze last year but yeah he lost a really tight one so yeah he he still wins a medal so you know I think I think a lot of these kids are just they're, they're getting a high level of coaching early, and they're, they're, t- they're using their resources. And then, obviously, USA Wrestling is putting more resources into the younger kids, which I think, in my opinion, is a smart move, than they ever have been before.
0: Well, you got Bill Zadick and Brandon Slay also that, you know, we've always had developmental coaches, but these are World and Olympic champions that really put a lot of time into developing out the developmental program, trying to find, like like, a hybrid of how to help keep these kids engaged with the Olympic movement while they also you know feel satisfied with what they're doing on the folk style side and and we've they've done that we've done that as a country with Kyle Snyder you know with a lot of these other guys and so hopefully we can continue to replicate that and keep finding the the happy medium
1: yeah 100 percent um okay let's get into Mark Hall uh Valencia will be an easy one I thought it was a bullcrap takedown. I don't believe he gave up a takedown. I
0: did not get to watch his loss, okay. to be fair. It was
1: he So the guy had this single like, jacked up, and he kind of ran him across the mat. And I think these refs are just assuming, okay, he's going to give up a takedown. Mm-hmm. And as, the guy kind of pushes him. And as he's falling, in air, he turns. And so he ends up kind of perpendicular as he hits the mat. Uh, and the guy kind of lands on top of him, but he gets up and he wrestles out of it. It should have been no points, and mm-hmm. I think Zeke thought about challenging, but he figured, "Hey, it's early in the match; it's two to one, no big deal. We'll get we'll get back on this." Um, but I don't think those are points. Uh, I don't think it's a takedown, and that and that changes the match completely. So um, he was right in there too to to, um, to to get a medal. Absolutely. Okay, so Mark Hall. Um, I watched all of. I decided to watch all of his matches. Uh, he has a barn burner with the Japanese guy right out of the bat. Three to two.
0: Three is
1: three to two. Got this barn burner going, and then um, the semifinal. Did you get to watch this one? Because dirty. One, okay, this is classic. Like I'm saying, like, I told Martin Martin Flow every dirty trick a European could use, they used it in this oh, it match.
0: Was bad dude, it was it, bad. So
1: bad, right? Bad. Bad. I mean, okay. So, first of all, the singlet yank, and then, like, they push each other, and the ref says, like, play nice. Like, well, he had a singlet for, like, 10 <laughs> seconds. Freaking call him. Right?
0: It's just bizarre. It's, it's just – it's got to be cultural. I mean, like, why would – like, Who if that was – you, you would just get booed and kicked out of them. You know, it just wouldn't go over. You know yeah, what I mean?
1: Would not. It would not go over. Not at all. So, that, that was, like – I don't want to say shocking, but it was like, what is going on here? This is just ridiculous. Then um, he, he kind of fake shakes his hand, right? <laughs> Tommy, there was still like 20 seconds left. And he's going for the fake shake his hand, then he's going to get him. Then he gets underneath it for a headlock, and, and he fakes like Mark's choking him out. And the ref actually stops it.
0: He pulled out all the bag of tricks. <laughs> he, everything he, came out of the bag.
1: He was trying everything. The one thing <laughs> that I was, I was, compl- I'll tell you, I was completely shocked by, is that they actually called them for not opening up, because that situation frustrates the hell out of me, Tommy. Mm-hmm. I mean that that happens all the time, and it's never called. They mm-hmm. just they say open up, open up, open up, open up, open up, open up, and then they're like, oh, okay, bring it back up. I'm like, well, hey. hey if, can, what? Penalize him, you know? Come on, <laughs> for God's sakes, right?
0: Right, right. So
1: they actually called him, and that's what won Mark the match. I mean, and, and fair is fair, there's a rule there, and it should be called, and it finally was called in this match, but that that's what won him the match.
0: Absolutely.
1: Um. Okay, so, uh, you got anything else you want to talk about? Or I guess we didn't mention Colin Moore. Uh, he kind of got embarrassed, Tommy, and this guy hit the slickest Standing Peterson, oh, it was badass. It was so awesome.
0: You know, Colin had a great summer. I thought making the team and being exposed to this type of wrestling at that level, for where he came from when the spring started, I mean, he got probably as much or more out of this than Spencer Lee did for his own development. And so I think, you know, yeah, for the United States, it wasn't good to watch him get worked by the Russian, but... You know, I think I think that that guy is going to continue to learn that he belongs at that level and be better next time. Yeah, he got worked, he got smoked by the Russian. It's happened to the best of us.
1: Happens to the best of us. (laughs) Um, All right, Tommy. So until next week, let's try to get Lou Roselli on next week. That that would be fantastic.
0: Let's do Lou Roselli and Jay Jagger's and Tom Ryan and whoever the name is volunteer the next five weeks.
1: Wow, that, that would show a little bias on your part. <laughs> we'll throw a few of them on there. I don't know about all of them, though.
0: I got you, man. I got you.
1: All right, let's thank our sponsor, Defense Soap. Thanks, as, as always, always. Thank you, Defense. Defend what you have built. And, Tommy, I'll catch you next week. All right, brother. Thanks a lot.
0: See you. You are listening to the T. and Funky Show, brought to you by Defense Soap. Defend what you have built.